Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's now time for News Headlines with Molly on a big party show. Well, the ACLU says that the state of Nebraska is putting itself at risk of a federal lawsuit because we don't have enough nurses working at state prisons. The State Department of Corrections Services says about 20% of its nursing positions are now vacant. Uh, officer, officials blame a nationwide nursing shortage and the ability of nurses to get higher paying jobs elsewhere. Uh, but the uh, nursing... Dude, being a prison nurse would be pretty tough, right? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're working with... Prisoners. Yes. Yeah. I would say that that would probably be, I mean, when you have the choice between doing something like that or working in They're a very... Like, uh, <laughs> Gary threw his feces all over Jim again. He's coming down the hall, so that would be I guess you'll check on him. <laughs> the guy's on jobs.com. Really? <laughs> I so don't want to work here anymore. I know. <laughs> I know when that you're like, the, I could be a hospice care nurse. I could be in some nice anything. gentleman's home, just just not uh, pr- prisoners, just hanging out. Uh, yeah, 14 out of about 65 nursing positions are currently vacant. Wow. So it could be a problem, um, you know. But uh, with the statewide nursing sor- shortage, the state's relatively low wages, it's hard to compete. Uh, in a you know, I mean, nurses are in high demand, so they can be pretty choosy when it comes to where they go. That's a very noble job. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you may see some smoke in the area of Highway 75 south of Omaha today. Officials at Fontenelle Forest have a burn set for today. Oh, a controlled burn. Yes. Fire experts are going to monitor the flames to make sure that they don't get out of control. Officials say if it's too windy, they'll postpone the fires. But just a heads up to everyone. Yeah, you wouldn't you think it. that this would be a good couple of days to be doing any kind of windy very windy yeah uh and the recipient of the 2014 nobel peace prize the youngest ever nobel laureate malala is going to be a featured speaker at the 16th annual lunch for the girls an event to benefit the girls incorporated of omaha pretty cool it's going to be uh going on july 18th from 11:30 to 1 p.m at the century link Tickets uh, go on sale, I mean, Tuesday, tomorrow, uh, the Girls Inc. website, that's more information about reservations for the luncheon will become available. This is the Pakistani girl who the Taliban had tried to silence. Mm -hmm. Um, She's 17 or 18 now, but at the time, how old was she? Like, she made the news when she was, what, 14 or something? Just such a heartbreak. And now is the embodiment of women's rights and all those parts of the world where they don't want women to get educated. So that what an incredible speaker. Yeah, she's a girl. Didn't they really? They actually oh. shot her in the face. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they disfigured her. And she it speaks a bunch of different languages. She's just super smart. She was on her way to school at the age of fifteen back in two thousand twelve, and um, she was shot. A Taliban assassination attempt in which she survived a bullet to the head. Uh, following recovery, she's it's just she's continued her advocacy for education of girls and women worldwide. So that is, you know, and she wrote a book, the memoir "I Am Malala," and then there was that documentary "He yep. Named Me Malala." So you know, she's been 
quite vocal since the incident. Um, and, and I think that there was a time where it was like her family's like, listen, you know, they, like I think they offered them asylum in England, you know, where she went to uh, she had surgeries, you know, done. And I think that she was getting medical treatment there. And they said, no, we want to go back. Yeah, so she went back. I mean, so she went back, and she. Yeah, her family runs a bunch of schools back mm-hmm. home in Pakistan, and they're like in the Swat Valley, where that's where. Remember, I told you those stories that the Taliban took over all the radio stations, and they literally go on the air and call out. You're gonna die for execution. Oh, good. Can you yeah. imagine that? You tune in every day. Is it? That would be awful. Um, it's like instead of us giving away prizes. <laughs> stick around, seven twenty. We're going to name who's gonna, supposed to get executed today. Welcome to Taliban Radio. We'll be back. <laughs> the anti-exit Omaha. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's real. We'll be back. People have really big problems in other parts of the world. <laughs> There's bigger problems than Oscar nominees. Yeah, there yeah. are. There's yeah. the whole who's getting their heads cut off today oh, problem. No. Uh, Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump is making it clear that he disavows former Ku Klux Klan leader David Duke. Trump was on NBC's Today show one day after he set off a firestorm of controversy by not saying the same thing on CNN's State of the Union. On Sunday, uh, Trump claimed that he didn't know anything about David Duke. And this morning, he blamed the incident on a very bad earpiece, saying it prevented him from hearing what the anchor was saying. Uh, but his, uh, you know... His, the deal is they're like, you need to disavow him, right? Well, yeah. Come I out mean, and say, I don't want anything to do with David Duke. Yeah, he's. That was the problem. Is that the he, he said anything. he didn't know anything about the KKK, and people are like, "Really, you don't know anything about the Ku Klux Klan?" Now, isn't this the second time uh, he didn't disavow something? He just kind of, you know, let like, it slide. Right. I don't care. He just ignores it. You think it would be like Trump? I think he got enough support on the moon bat, right? You don't kind of go all the way, <laughs> all like, like in. don't be worried about offending the David Duke crowd. Like, you should be safe enough to gun them down. Yes. Um, uh, but then Rubio said a bunch of funny stuff. Uh, Rubio, meantime, is starting to say Trump-like. Like, he's just trying to be loose at his rallies and yeah. say funny things. So Marco Rubio over the weekend said that Trump's uh, doesn't sweat because his pores are clogged from the spray tan. Oh, my God. He also said Donald Trump is going to make America great. <laughs> Uh, isn't going to make America great. He's going to make America orange. Oh, no. And then he said, uh, well, Trump so always good. tries to talk about how tall he is. He's okay. He's a little bit taller than me. He goes, but look at his hands. He has small hands for how tall he is. He goes, and you know what they say about people with small hands? And everybody oh, roars. No. And he goes, you can't trust him. You can't trust him. Wow. He tried to take a left on the old joke. Oh, President America. President America. This is what's happening. Wow. Well, there was that. Uh, there was that exchange between. <laughs> is it? Uh, I'm trying to think. One of our senators was like called out Trump's hands, and it like became a thing. Like it, it was about a month ago, and it was like a tweet or something. And it was just. I, I don't know if he's like insecure about his hands. Like if that's his kryptonite. He he is a <laughs> germ- you know I mean? he's a germaphobe. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, he doesn't like to shake hands. He does no, not heard, like to touch pe- things. He's a germaphobe. I've heard that he is in that that he, that was the whole thing is that about the size of his hands. I don't know. That that was but I'm like, really I, is that is that this guy's I just that's kinda, his Achilles? I just kind of took it as the reason why he doesn't, you know, he's, it's not a thing about being weird about the size of his hands. He's just a germaphobe. He doesn't like to touch things, shake people's hands, stuff like that. Isn't that weird? That's weird all by itself. Well, it's hard to be a politician and not shake yeah. a couple hands. Yeah. Well, I think it was Ben Sass. Yes. 
And Ben Sass got sassy. He did. Well, Ben Sass has been very vocal about the fact that he's not going to be supporting Trump. Okay. Um, and it right. was just again today there was a news story regarding the fact that he's like if he gets the nomination I don't know if I can you know no. step lockstep with the party on that one. All right. So he's he's fallen away. Uh, Super Tuesday presidential primaries and caucuses are all in about a dozen states this week. So tomorrow will be that big turning point for a lot of these campaigns. Uh, Governor John Kasich. Uh, Kasich and uh, Dr. Ben Carson, you know, they, they are holding on. Super Tuesday. So is this uh, the, the one where a lot of them, I mean, a couple will drop? It could think, be make or, or break, yeah. Rally. I mean, wow. it, you just run out of money. And yeah. you run out of people willing to give you money. Because they're like, if you can't pull off a Super Tuesday win, you're back in a, you know, they, you're kind of back in a losing horse. Yeah. And, and so, uh, and there is talk that... Um, the commute in America is longer than it has ever been. According to new information from the census, U.S. Census, uh, Americans are spending more time commuting to and from work than ever before. The average one-way commute is now 26 minutes, which is the longest since the Bureau started tracking it back in 1980. I guess back then the average commute was 21 minutes. Roughly 25% of Americans enjoy commutes that are 15 minutes or less. I would say that we probably have a really, we, we still enjoy a pretty low commute in this town. Yeah, it's like 20 minutes, I think, most of the time. Uh, but they're talking about in other cities um, where it's like 45 minutes or longer. I got a buddy who lives in oh. Phoenix, and he moved, I think he moved in real distances 20 minutes away, but it added from where he was living before, but he said it added another hour to oh. his commute. Uh. That would suck. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, oh. without traffic, it would be... 20 minutes, but it's, like, yeah. because that's never real time. We're lucky. We are. We are very lucky. I mean, they're saying the amount of people who commute more than 90 minutes one way has jumped 64% since 1990. I mean, that's the... Th- that, I mean, when you hear about road rage, I think those are the people... I mean, when you're spending that much time just to get someplace, and you have all that time to think about your job, I mean, whether or not you love it what you're doing, you know. So it's just, what, more people and and choking up uh, roadways that, what, haven't been expanded? Yeah. I mean, I don't mean, you ever notice when they finally expand areas, and this is just in Omaha, Yeah, you're always like, man, by the time you get done with this construction, you're probably going to need to start building another lane. <laughs> another lane, I know. I mean, when we turn all those those uh, roads that go north-south yep. that were originally two-lane roads. Now four. Out west, we're having to make them mm-hmm. four-laners and... Yeah. yeah, it's infrastructure. I mean, a lot of it just has to do with city planning. And what ended up happening a lot in like the 90s and the 2000s, you know, people started going back to um, gentrify the city. You know, so it used to be that these these roadways were built for you live in the suburbs and you commute into the city to work, you know. And so that's sort of how the matrix was built. But then people flipped it. And now people are living in the city and commuting to their jobs out in the suburbs. And it's like it's completely clogging things up because it, it, it like messed up the, how they designed it to well, work. Well, it might be good timing for these millennials. A lot of them don't drive. There's a right ton of them that don't drive. They're saying that's that whole thing down in Lincoln. That's all designed for people who right back. won't own a car. Yep, everything's got to be within walking distance or within biking distance. So, well, it'll save you having to sit 90 minutes one way and just contemplate, you know, your inbox when you finally get to your job. Oh, that's gonna just be. Well, you sit back and enjoy the show. <laughs> there's that too. I mean, I'm sure there's a correlation of big commute times and radio shows. That's right. Right. There I is. hope so. They're so funny. Love you guys. Channel 941.
All right, 402-938-9400. Hello, who's this? Hey, uh, this is uh, Tom here. Hey, man, what's up? Uh, nothing much. Uh, I want to talk about the Oscars. You bet. Go ahead. Um, I can't believe uh, Lady Gaga got robbed like that. I know. I thought so, too. <laughs> it's like, it's like Sam Smith. It's like, seriously, that song was boring. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I feel like it's like uh, bon- like I feel like whenever a Bond song gets nominated, like it has to win, like it's just required or something. Yeah, I guess because Adele won. Right. And then he got up there and he did he did a speech about, hey, I'm the first gay gay man to win. Like, no, you're not. Uh, Elton John won. Well, that's why he kind of wrangled it. He was yeah. like, I. He said something like he qualified it that mm-hmm. you know, maybe I'm not, but. Um, her performance, though, that song was pretty amazing. Till it happens to you from the hunting ground. I thought I know, Gaga I mean, that was, basically that was went really out and very proved powerful. It. Yeah, yeah. All right, is that all you got, bud? Um, I can't believe uh, Molly hasn't seen uh, the, the Revenant yet. I know. I'm the I mean, worst. Tom, Tom Hardy should have won for a uh, best supporting. I agree completely, completely. What? So they kept showing this cut, and I meant I was I was going to text you guys because I was like, "What is the deal where he's sticking like some char thing in his neck?" That's to to oh. wound. To oh, try, to, trying to clean out his wound because he's just you know he's out in the woods. <laughs> Everything's is- festering. It's supposedly a true you know the Revenant's based yeah. on a true story. Yeah. So the real guy was so screwed up that he laid in the real story. He said he laid on a uh, rotting log. That was full of uh, maggots. Uh-huh. He laid on it until the maggots crawled in all of his wounds uh, and ate the necrosis away. They just, ate the dead skin. Yeah. Otherwise, he would have died. I mean, that that Native American that we interviewed, his character, when he finally meets up with him, he says, "Your body is dying." Yes, it is. And rub some kind of salve on him, but yeah, so so that's how you singe the uh, a, a wound. Okay. If you're out in the woods and don't have anything to do it with. <laughs> What is this? Yeah, it burn you- it. Don't do that at home, kids. Yeah. Oh, don't. Like home uh, but it's still lost to Mad Max for best makeup and hairstyling. So that was the scene where they cut to him fixing his neck. Yeah. And it was like nothing could beat Mad Max. And I thought it was funny that every time there was a tech award that Star Wars was up, even the clips they showed of the special effects in Star Wars looked kind of, it can't hang no. it can't. with Mad Max. It Mm-mm. cannot. That's how I felt. Hey, thanks for your call. But that's how I felt when I watched Star Wars um, the second time. I'm like, well, this is not. So I was surprised to see it nominated in there, kind of, uh, for that category. So I mean, Mad Max got all the tech stuff. Best mm-hmm. editing, best, um, um, what, best costume design, like all the cool yeah, stuff. Best design. cinematography. Mm-hmm. And I felt that when you saw it, you guys love that movie, right? Oh, oh yeah. Yes. I, in the movie, I was like going to IMDb. I'm like, who made this? Yeah. Like, who were the the camera people? I mean, who? Somebody, there's some geniuses on that. They're going to, all the the cast that worked on that movie, the tech cast on Mad Max are going to make some incredible movies. I'll yeah. start watching those, some of those names. Yeah, because Molly, you, uh, you mentioned uh, last week about how you thought it was going to win some of those awards just by tech alone about how they did everything uh-huh. on the thing. And you know what? I, I, maybe I'm just a dumb viewer of movies, but uh, I watched it again. And now yeah, you're right. That movie has done so spectacular. Every bit and piece of that thing, all the way down to the, uh, the costumes and the makeup. Uh, so, yeah, Mad Max. It was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. I, 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 sound mixing. I mean, all that stuff. The cinematography did not go to them, though. Cinematography went to The Revenant. 
Um, ah, that's it, right. Okay. It was the guy because, you know, they did all that natural light shooting and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. that always went. So, but they got production design, they got sound mixing, sound editing, uh, film editing, makeup and hair. Uh, I mean, all of those kind of the way it looks. Uh, v- visual effects went to that ex machina. Um, Which is and, a good movie. Yeah, oh, ex machina yeah. or whatever. Yeah, so that one won. Um, but the and then the original score was that hateful eight, and the original song as we you know started this conversation went to Sam Smith. Sam Smith. <sighs> Just, you don't like him? I'm not a fan. I... Just not a fan. Big party show. Big party show. Well, apparently Adele could have had a place on the new Macklemore and Ryan Lewis album, The Unruly Mess I've Made, but she kindly declined. Macklemore did an interview and he said that uh, he had reached out to Adele to contribute on the track Growing Up. And he said she, quote, graciously passed. (laughs) This has got to be such a weird thing to share. Um, he uh, was did an interview with the New York Times, and he said, I'm sure that there were times that we never heard back from somebody's manager or something like that, but for the most part, no. Everybody that they wanted to collaborate with wanted to collaborate with them, with the exception, apparently, of Adele. But um, growing up, it was released before the album, and uh, it now it ended up featuring Ed Sheeran instead of Adele. But I guess it's for, uh, uh, Macklemore wrote it for his uh, newborn daughter, Sloane. Uh, and last night, the Academy Awards, big night for Hollywood. The big winner of the night actually ended up being uh, Mad Max. And it won six, uh, six six statues last night, all for technical and design. But it's just kind of interesting that it that it walked away with the most of any of the other films. The and, big upset And, and they night. kept showing George Miller, who's the director, mm-hmm. who looks exactly like Harold Ramis. Yes, he did. He passed away. Yes, but the different colored... The hair thing. The His hair's parted down the middle, but one side's gray, the other side's dark. Yeah. Kind of a weird look with his, <laughs> with his glasses. Yeah. But I still think it's fascinating, because if you look at the crew that all put together Mad Max, they all kind of seem like they came out of nowhere. I mean, George Miller basically did the all the original Mad Max, and then he made movies like Happy Feet oh, and did. Babe in the City. So strange. And then Just this. Odd. And then this. Wow. Uh, last night, the big upset was um, Best Film went to Spotlight, which I think a lot of people were kind of surprised by, thinking that it was going to all go in for Revenant after uh, the director won for Best Director, and Leonardo DiCaprio finally got his first Academy Award for his portrayal. See, I, I was expecting uh, Mad Max to get it after, you know, all those other, you know, um Oh, trophies. the design stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the Revenant, I guess Twitter said that uh, DiCaprio, when he won Best a- uh, Actor, uh, they, he set a most tweeted moment in Academy Awards history, 440,000 tweets per minute. That broke the previous record of tweets per minute when Ellen DeGeneres tweeted that selfie of herself back in 2014. So it was a big night. It wasn't uh, the greatest speech. No. Right? <laughs> no. I mean, he's... I mean, it was a it was a nice it was a nice uh, save the world. You know, he's obviously passionate. He's been about that for like what the last decade. Yeah, he's been a global warming guy, but it didn't seem really mm-hmm. emotional. No, no. Uh, I mean, he was more emotional about the environment than winning the award. Right, he did thank all the people. I thought the uh, the scroll at the bottom yeah, was you think a of mega that? fail, total fail, oh, total oh. fail. 
I mean, it was just noise. It was too fast. It was just brrrr, You couldn't read any of that. No, no. And not everyone got to do it, by the way. Um, some people who, I mean, imagine that. Um, getting up there, you, you already prepared your short speech now, uh, knowing that that scroll is going to happen, and then it doesn't happen. Well, it didn't seem to speed it up. People still no. got cut off. You bet it did. It went yeah. as long as an Oscar I've ever remembered, yeah. and they were still cutting everybody off. It was like people were given like 10 seconds, <laughs> and then they're Jeez. like, get off the stage. They even did it to the best director. Yeah. Yes. They, they loudly played the music over him to try and shut him up. It's like, geez, you're the best director. Well, and I just thought that, I mean, nobody's going to not thank their mom or not thank their, you know, spouse or kids at home watching just because there's a scroll at the bottom of the screen. Yeah. And I just thought it cheapened it. Like, I thought it, it cheapened the moment for these poor, you know, these people work their whole life. I loved Louis C.K.'s introduction for best documentary short. That, did you watch that? Yeah, I'm trying to remember what he said. He was, I mean, it was so funny because he's like, these people really, I mean, they are not getting rich. He's like, this is for best documentary short. Yeah. Like, and short. it was just absolutely hysterical. He's like, their biggest thing is going to be, he's like, they're leaving tonight in their Honda Civic. And you guys are leaving with your million dollars. Exactly. Yeah, and he was right. talking about the fact that, oh God, it was so funny. He's like, now they're going to be all stressed out because they're going to, this is going to be the nicest thing in their apartment. Like, it's just, and it was, I mean, it was that moment where you're like, yeah, these really are the people where it's like, don't cut these guys off. Like this guy, the, these are the people that really do it for the, the art of film. It was such a funny moment. Um, but last night, the big th- elephant in the room was, you know, the diversity issue. Chris Rock met it head on right out of the gate in his um, in his monologue and kept it up going all night long. I'm kind of interested to see uh, what the pushback will be from Will and Jada Smith. Um, you know, he uh, was joking that Jada, you know, wasn't he? He's like, you know, she's boycotting. He's like, last time I checked, I don't think you were invited. <laughs> TV. He said it was like me being Chris Rock getting invited to Rihanna's panties. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't turn that down. It just wouldn't happen. It just wouldn't happen. I wasn't invited. Yes. Well. Uh, so it stayed. The, the, the theme kept throughout the evening. I mean, he didn't let it drop. He kept it going. Um, Some of the really cutaways I thought didn't work fell flat. Like the Suge Knight yes, in yes. the crowd. Like, it just seemed low end. And then the mm-hmm. bear. The bear in the crowd. You could tell even the crowd were like, you really, this is, like, this isn't the Oscars supposed to have some level of, like, decorum? Yes. <laughs> it's the Oscars. People are wearing bow ties. The bear and Suge Knight did not work. Yeah, those, I would say, were It was like failed. a fake Suge Knight. Yeah. Like, he had, what, he was... A gag well, on his mouth, and he's and, in handcuffs. Right? And don't you think it's interesting? Like I thought it was so interesting that the whole idea was, you know, spotlight on diversity, and then you go and make this like con joke about, you know what I mean? Like this convict joke about Suge Knight. I just thought it was, I, I didn't get that. Like I was like, well, what are you trying to say? Um, it was just That's it was because just, of the straight out of Compton was. No, I know. I mean, it was just my point being. It was. It, it was. He kept it going all night long. Uh, uh, God bless those Girl Scout cookies. Oh my gosh! How much did he get? Sixty-five thousand. Yeah. What was that? I don't know. I guess his girls <laughs> were complaining about him not shaking a tail on 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 that. And that that's what that was. That is your celebrity news update on Omaha's number one hit music station, channel ninety four one. All right. The big party show. Wake it up. Wake up here. Wake up laughing.